baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Mid-America's most trusted source for news, KMOX. At 5.03, it's a cloudy sky and 59 degrees at the moment downtown at the Arch. Today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. We are here to celebrate a life of a great giant. A public memorial held this afternoon at Chaffetz Arena for community leader Demetrius Johnson, who died Christmas Eve at the age of 61, his daughter Alex. He also mentioned um, within five minutes before he passed is that moving forward, it is not about him and it's not about us anymore. It is about the grace and the glory of God. Johnson was a former standout player at Mizzou and the Detroit Lions, but is best known for his broad community outreach through the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation. St. Louis loses a notorious title as a new year begins. St. Louis is happy to relinquish the title of America's murder capital for 2022, with New Orleans topping the list for the first time in just over a decade. A surge of 279 killings in the Big Easy puts their rate per 100,000 residents at over 70 with 198 murders and a smaller population, St. Louis finished the year at 67 homicides per 100,000. That's still the second highest in the nation. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Extra sets of eyes needed for a Metro East homicide investigation. KMOX's Brad Schott has that. The major case squad is assisting the Madison County Sheriff's Department with a New Year's Day murder case in rural Collinsville. 20 detectives are searching for the killer of 18-year-old Miguel Villegas of Collinsville. Sheriff's deputies found Villegas had been shot in a car in the 3300 block of Princeton. Another execution scheduled in Missouri, but this one could be a first in the nation. Unless Governor Parson grants clemency, 49-year-old Amber McLaughlin will be the first openly transgender woman executed in the United States. She's scheduled to die by lethal injection tomorrow night. There are no appeals pending, and the clemency request focuses on Amber's traumatic childhood as a foster child, then adopted by a man who allegedly used a stun gun on her. Before transitioning, McLaughlin was dating Beverly Gunther, who eventually got a restraining order and would be escorted to her vehicle after work. McLaughlin was convicted of stabbing her one night after work, later led police to her body near the Mississippi River. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. Now, the latest from Missouri's capital. And the legislature begins its new session at noon Wednesday with the possibility of an ideological food fight breaking out. KMOX Jefferson City Bureau Chief Phil Brooks explains. As last year, it'll be a Republican-controlled General Assembly, and the Republican issues are sure to generate heat. They include restricting what public schools can teach to students. Other issues would impose restrictions on Missourians to get issues on the ballot and then get them passed. Abortion restrictions will be an issue to make it a crime to provide abortion-inducing devices or drugs, expanding the right to use deadly force is another GOP issue. And of course, there are COVID restrictions of last year to prevent local government and schools from imposing tougher health restrictions. From Missouri's capital, Phil Brooks, KMOX News. Brooks! 
and treat your workers there. Workers walked out today at Bloom Medicinals, the medical marijuana dispensary on Highway N on O'Fallon, Missouri. Amber Olson says the company regularly changes its time off policies, which impacted her in September when her mom got very sick suddenly. Because there was no clarity, nobody wants to get fired over that. So I waited to leave and I was driving down to see her and on my way down there, it was about four hours before I got there that my mom passed. So I missed her. Bloom employees voted to unionize in June, but say Bloom refuses to start talks. United Food and Commercial Workers Union has filed unfair labor practice charges against Bloom with the feds, claiming Bloom is now telling employees to work without compensation. We've left a message for the dispensary. We'll let you know what their response is. The KMOX business desk, it's like Uber work, but for stocking grocery shelves, Schnucks is expanding its flexible employment option called FlexForce to more locations for the first time outside of the St. Louis metro. This really um, is a different way for us to look and approach things um, and really meet the workforce where they're going so that we have flexibility both through our operations and flexibility for potential hires that, that may not have considered us before. Schnucks Vice President of Store Operations Stacy Brandt says the rise of the gig economy makes, makes it tougher for industries with set schedules like grocery to find workers. FlexForce is now expanding to the Metro East plus Indiana and the Cape Girardeau area. A third of Americans went into debt to pay for the holidays. KMOX Virtual Consumer Editor Megan Lynch has more. According to the latest Lending Tree survey, consumers who put the holidays on plastic or buy now, pay later plans racked up roughly $1,500 each in debt. That's a 24% increase from last year. A significant portion of those shoppers expect it will take them five months or more to pay it off. More than half of consumers who added holiday debt say they didn't plan to do so. No down numbers today due to the holiday, but stay tuned to KMOX for the hourly Stiefel updates when the markets reopen tomorrow morning and the Wall Street Wrap with Eric Robert at this time. We'll check traffic if there is any and Dave Murray's forecast. You'll want to hear that up next. It's 508. The news continues on Total Information PM. Thank you to all our supporters. More labor problems in the pot market as adult-use marijuana sales could be just weeks away. Workers today walked out of Bloom Medicinals, a medical marijuana dispensary on Highway N in O'Fallon, Missouri. So are the stores ready for potential big crowds in the coming weeks? One of the bud tenders at Bloom, Amber Olson, is with us on KMOX. And first of all, uh, describe the scene at that protest for us. Yeah, so we have um, about five of the bud tending employees that walked out today. I know another one left. Uh, that decided to stay, but he left a little bit later than we did. We have a pretty decent crowd gathered between our employees and the union. And I do feel like most of our patients kind of understand why we're out here. And I think that they support us as a business. So we have seen quite a few people turn away, not everyone, but I would say a great deal. Yeah, so what are the issues that have gone into this? Um, has it kind of been building up? I would say it's absolutely been building up. Um, I started shortly after the store voted to unionize, and there wasn't any sort of talk of Bloom coming to the table to bargain for a contract. So things were kind of up in the air when I started here. Um, I will say that it's been a really long time since the vote was made, and they still haven't come to the table a lot of the issues that we've described as employees have to do with like constantly changing policies or just the lack of policy at all. For me specifically, uh, my main gripe with Bloom is that we don't have any real clarity on bereavement leave, on how we're allowed to take our paid time off or sick time off. 
Um, so in the middle of September, my mom was pretty sick. I was having conversations with people in my store about being able to head out to see her. Um, but again, because there was no clarity, nobody wants to get fired over that. So I waited to leave and I was driving down to see her and on my way down there, it was about four hours before I got there that my mom passed. So I missed her and I feel like my main gripe with Bloom is that I feel they didn't prioritize the workers enough and I ended up giving away my last opportunity to see my mom for a $17 an hour job. And while no money would ever be worth that, we're not really asking only for the money that we feel we deserve, but we're asking Bloom to recognize our humanity. Like at the end of the day, we are people. So sorry to hear that. I appreciate you. I, it was, it was a lot going on. Um, Bloom was aware that my family had lost my father two years prior to a suicide when he lost his battle to depression. So it was, it was a really emotional time for a lot of us. Um, and, you know, even when I returned, I definitely have days that I'll come into work, maybe not prepared, but we don't have any sort of wellness day. We don't have any sort of distinct leave. So I have to come in like that. And actually, one of my supervisors made the comment on a day that I came in like that and said, you know, if you need 15 minutes to kind of gather ourselves. So, you know, we're presentable. Everybody has their mornings, but we don't want to be out on the floor like that. It's just embarrassing that Bloom won't prioritize the people who make it the business that it is. At the end of the day, people want to tell us, oh, well, we can hire anybody. It's all the same workers. Well, every job pays this amount of money. So people aren't coming because we have some special product. We sell the same things. We sell them at a similar price. They're coming for the people. They're coming for the attention, that one-on-one time that they get. And we want Bloom to value that we are the ones that are bringing that to the table for them. We're the ones who provide that edge that they have on the competition, and they refuse to respect us. So it sounds like some of these other uh, unionization pushes we've had have been about uh, wages at the Central, or for instance, at Starbucks, they're talking about not having enough uh, labor and drinks piling up and customers leaving without even getting anything. It sounds like here, it's the policies. It's the knowing what to expect. I would say that for the employees in our hearts, that's definitely a big issue. But on the mental side of things, Bloom doesn't really excel in any of those areas that you just mentioned. We are understaffed. Um, When I first started here, we lost one bud tender that they fired due to an attendance issue. We didn't really have clarity on what happened there. We've lost several GMs um, in the time that the store has been open, and that's supposed to be, you know, your foundational unit of the store. They're supposed to know everything going on. They're poorly trained. Bloom doesn't promote from within, so we have a lot of different people here that they want to apply to be a lead or to be the assistant general manager, and they're essentially already doing all of those duties plus the duty of the position they were hired in at, and they don't receive recognition, they don't receive a pay raise, and nobody's being hired into those positions either. So it's essentially Bloom just taking advantage of, you know, the maybe 12 employees that we have working and just asking us to do more and more and more. Like even people that we have that are not protected by the union are in similar positions where they're just being asked to work, you know, 80, 90 hour work weeks. And it's unfortunate for them that, you know, they can't be out here with us. But at the end of the day, it's not about them. It's not about the issues in our store. It's about Bloom as a whole. And they're just disorganized and honestly inhumane practices. Like I said, at the end of the day, we all have families and 
we come to work to make our money so that we can go home to our families and we can have a life. And that's not happening here. Like our issues and our real human crises are not being recognized by Bloom. And if the shoe was on the other foot, they would really, really hope that somebody would show them some compassion and some empathy. So then how does this connect with uh, what's on a lot of people's minds, the impending opening up uh, to adult use, recreational? Uh, do you know if Bloom is preparing to enter that market? Are you guys staffed up? Uh, have you been given procedures? Do you feel like you're ready for that big uh, transition that's coming up? That's an amazing question. Um, it's actually a question that the workers here have been asking. We haven't really received any clarity um, on that. And just kind of as a nod to how disorganized Bloom is, we did get word that starting today, actually, our hours were supposed to change and they were supposed to be 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., um, but obviously that didn't get implemented. We have no idea when it's going to be implemented. We haven't been given really any sort of structure or procedural training on what is to happen. And it's not for lack of effort on our store's part either. Like We have some of the lowest paid employees in the company recommending what if we, you know, have two people in this area? What if we do separate lanes? What if we make this pre-order only? Like the ideas and the preparation are in our minds, but unfortunately we haven't been really given any clarity on what's going to happen. We assume that Bloom will go to adult use, but they haven't given us really any information on that. And then thinking back to when this happened in Illinois, there were lines. Uh, some places had to institute shuttle buses just to get people in and out. As a worker who's going to have to be dealing with this, do you anticipate that kind of a, a response? Or how do you, how do you feel the, the swell is going as we move toward this, this big date? Um, so we already have quite a few people um, in the public that have called our security office just asking when we're going to go wreck. So I would assume we can expect a really high increase in sales. Um, that being said, we're going to definitely need more bodies because the staff we have right now, Bloom has emphasized, needs to be highly educated. And we are highly educated because we're providing a medicinal product. That being said, I think that patrons who do not use it medicinally, they use it recreationally, they might be a little bit more lenient. They may need less time, but we will still, I predict, see a really large increase in sales. Again, assuming that Bloom does put out some sort of policy, but at the end of the day, a business has to run based on policy and procedure, and we don't have that. So if they don't organize themselves accordingly, then I do see that it could be a very big issue for Bloom. We could have added wait times. It's really on them what they give us the tools to do. There are tools and there are you know, more technology. There are more people that are applying. But if they don't hire those people, if they don't send us those scanners, if they don't send us the technology we need, nothing's going to happen. KMOX has left a message with Bloom Dispensary. We'll let you know if they respond. Now, three things to know. Number three. A third of Americans went into debt to pay for the holidays. How long will it take them to pay it off? I'm Megan Lynch. Some people expect it will take them five months or more to pay off the debt that piled up from holiday spending. That lending tree report says the average amount of debt shoppers took on this holiday season was roughly $1,500. That's up 24% from last year. Lending Tree says if you want to tackle credit card debt from the holidays faster, do a balance transfer to a lower interest card, call and ask for a lower APR, or revisit your budget to make bigger payments. Number two. There's definitely been some pain at the gas pump over the past week. 
The latest Gas Buddy price update for St. Louis shows the average for a gallon of regular unleaded jumped more than 23 cents since last Monday. It's now $2.99 per gallon. Analyst Patrick Dehan blames the extremely cold weather for causing refinery issues, and he says China's emergence from COVID restrictions could mean global oil demand will start to recover. Dehan says most regions have seen the bulk of their rise already hit, but if oil continues to rally, more increases could be in store. Brad Choate, KMOX News. Number one. A memorial for a larger-than-life St. Louisan was held at Chaffetz Arena this afternoon as Demetrius Johnson was remembered by family and friends. His sister spoke. I love my baby brother. I'm going to miss him. But mama, you got your baby boy with you. And you're going to say to him, job well done. The news continues on Total Information PM. When the new Congress convenes tomorrow, Ohio Democratic Representative Marcy Kaptur will become the longest-serving woman in its history. Yet, after 40 years, she sometimes feels like an outsider. AP correspondent John Sewer with this conversation. Hi. Hi. Kaptur. Hello. Nice to see you again. Thank you, John. Thank nice you very you. much for coming. Sure. Thanks for having us. All right. Welcome to the 9th District. <laughs> You'll soon become the longest-serving woman in the history of Congress. What does that mean to you? Uh, what does that mean to me? Well, first of all, it's a great privilege for the place in America that I represent. The longest serving man from the House was John Dingell of North, just north of the border here in Ohio in Michigan. It's interesting to me that two members of Congress who could not realize their dreams in the Congress as quickly as they wanted stayed and fought and fought and fought for their people. When you reflect over all those years, what are the biggest changes that you've seen or some of the biggest changes? What's happened now is the floor of Congress, rather than being a legitimate institution of debate, has become a theater where people use it to game the media. And things happen on the floor that never would have happened before when you had private debates and people would be taking issues in hand. And we now have people who play to the cameras. When you were elected, uh, there were 23 women, I think, in Congress at the time. Now there are 140 or will be 140. Um, that's still less than 30% though overall. Do you see that as progress or there's still a long way to go? So I ran as a person from the working class who happened to be a woman. I didn't run because I was a woman, okay? I am proud of all the women that have run and all of them that I have served with. Um, but <laughs> the Congress as a whole doesn't necessarily hold my perspective because I come from a different place in America. They're not used to people like us. You've been um, critical of the fact that Many of the leaders in the House on, on the Democratic side uh, come from districts that are wealthy, uh, districts that are on the coast. And you've said that um, they can't relate to people in the Midwest. How concerned are you that, about that and that it will continue? This is a burden I've carried my entire career. It's a problem in both parties because the leadership tends to come from the coasts. And uh, we here in the big middle of the country are not well understood. 
you've been a long, long-time supporter of Ukraine, well before the war, um, uh, co-leader of the, uh, the Ukrainian caucus. What do you think the next steps should be for the U.S.? They are teaching, the Ukrainians are teaching my godchildren and the world's children what a real enemy to liberty is. And that it isn't, liberty is not free. We must help arm them. It's in our interest because Russia is known to be the type of country that if she's able to go over a, a sovereign border and take it, she will take the next one. And we will be in a much more major war. Congresswoman, have you given any thought to how long you would still like to stay in office? I have not given much thought to that because, frankly, it's gone in a flash. We have been so busy and we have so much to show uh, for our efforts. I, I hope God gives me the years to be able to deliver more to the good people who put their faith in me. Time for a whole nother story with Kevin Colleen. And tonight, Kevin closes out our newscast uh, by meeting a school crosswalk guard who claims he came back from the dead. Well, here at the busy intersection of Manchester and Big Ben, Leroy Ship, a retired car salesman and veteran, is working as a cross guard. Beautiful day for it. Thanks. I like it. And uh, here come some <laughs> of your customers now. What's your technique? Uh, to get people to stop, I hope. <laughs> So you hold up the stop sign and there goes a batch of kids from the local high school. Yeah, what? Maplewood High School. How old are you now? Uh, 75. And at one point you were a hard charging car salesman, I understand. Well, I was a car salesman. <laughs> well, that's a stressful business. No, not really. I enjoyed it. You must have had the magic touch. Uh, I listened to people. Did hold you? on. Oh, here comes another batch. So have you ever had a close call yourself? I mean, you're saving these kids from getting hit by a car. Uh, yeah, in 2003, I died from a brain aneurysm. You, you died? Yeah. You were physically dead? Yeah, that's what the doctors told me. <laughs> now, people told Oh, there goes a bus driver. Yeah. You're pretty famous. What's it like to be dead? Uh, it's like going to sleep and not waking up. Did you hear any music or see any people or anything? Uh, hold on. I saw my two brothers that have passed on. I'm the youngest of five brothers, and uh, I saw the two, they're gone. I saw their silhouettes, and they said, not yet, and uh, I woke up. Saw my daughters, oh, and my grandkids. He's helping someone cross the street here. How does that change you when you've had a, a near-death experience and you come back to the real world? It makes you enjoy life more. How so? Um, I attribute it to the little things in life, not the big things. Such as? Uh, seeing the sunset in the evening, uh, seeing the sun come up in the morning, seeing the clouds, serious cumulus, whatever. You don't need a Mercedes Benz to be happy? No, I've got a 19-year-old 2003 Jeep Liberty over there that's got 231,000. Uh, yeah. It's still going and I'm still going. That's Leroy Ship, who's working the crosswalk at Manchester and Big Ben. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Colleen. And finally, St. Louis-based Lutheran Hour Ministries won a director's award in this morning's Tournament of Roses Parade in Pasadena. The honor was for their float's church facade and garden with lambs, all made of plant material. The float's theme was A New Day with Jesus. This is the 72nd time the ministry has entered the Rose Parade, which is always held New Year's Day, except when it falls on a Sunday.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 